0: and thank you for joining this podcast for JAD Higher Expectations. My name is Joy McMillan, and I'm the senior consultant for JAD Higher Expectations. I have 31 years in the field of nursing, and I hold a Bachelor of Science in Nursing with a certification in infection control. Now let's get straight to learning. The topic for the day is preventing infections in healthcare facilities. preventing infections in healthcare care facilities. Brought to you by JAD Higher Expectations. Presenter is Joy McMillan. The objectives. This learner will state the most important thing you can do to prevent infections. Identify standard and transmission-based precautions. Verbalize the components of PPE required to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Define the importance of disinfection of the environment. Identify ways you can ensure your disinfection efforts are successful. Infection control basics. What have we always known? The fact that clean hands save lives. The fact is that hand hygiene compliance has always been an area healthcare workers have shown non compliance. This is not new. However, as we can see, it's far more deadly than ever. Hand hygiene should be performed before and after client contact, immediately after touching blood and bodily fluids, non intact skin, mucous membranes. Or contaminated items, even when gloves are worn during that contact, immediately after removing gloves, when moving from a contaminated body site to a clean body site during client care, after touching objects and medical equipment in the immediate client care vicinity, before eating, after using the restroom, and after coughing or sneezing into a tissue as part of respiratory hygiene. What is the preferred method of hand hygiene? Well, the CDC has stated for many years that the best results for hand hygiene is by using alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Many are confused by this statement, but here's the theory behind it. Hand hygiene with hand sanitizer takes approximately 15 seconds, and it is readily available. Hand washing, however, takes at least 20 seconds for the wash alone. And how often is it being done for the allotted amount of time? Think about all the opportunities for hand hygiene and how convenient hand washing is compared to hand sanitizer. Now think on, what are some of the barriers you face? Hand washing is still a necessity though. Washing your hands should be done when it is appropriate. When your hands are visibly soiled, when sanitizer has left your hands feeling sticky, before eating and after using the restroom and at the end of your shift. Hand washing technique. The time listed to do hand washing correctly is a process that takes time. From beginning to end, it could take between 40 to 60 seconds. That's with everything in between you making sure that you wash your hands for 20 seconds. Therefore, hand sanitizer is a much more reasonable option. standard precautions. Standard precautions are a set of infection control practices used to prevent transmission of diseases that can be acquired by contact with blood, body fluids, non-intact skin, including rashes and mucous membranes. These measures are to be used when providing care to all individuals, whether they appear infectious or symptomatic. This includes hand hygiene, infectious waste management, sharp safety devices using PPE, respiratory hygiene and cough etiquette. Respiratory hygiene and cough etiquette. Cover mouth and nose with tissue when coughing or sneezing. Immediately toss tissue. Wash hands with soap and water or use alcohol-based hand gel. And remember when washing your hands, it must be for your full 20 seconds. Have client wear a mask if possible. Keep tissues readily available for staff, visitors, and residents. Barriers for the frontline staff. Use your masks. Visual reminders posted to ensure awareness So, CDC does have this wonderful sign that they use and it's available in a lot of languages, Cover Your Cough, and you'll see it posted um, all the time. Transmission-based precautions. Measures practiced in addition to standard precautions that are based on the confirmed or suspected presence of a specific communicable disease and the modes of transmission of that disease. So we're talking contact, droplet, airborne, and if the person is immunocompromised, we use protective. So, in the beginning phases of COVID-19, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've been faced with many questions. Everything was new at the time. How was it transmitted, airborne versus droplet? How can we stop it? Death was a scary risk. Some people took it seriously and others acted most irresponsibly. But prevention of COVID-19 in 2022, the goal is not to be scared. It is to be prepared. Now we have seen years of data, studies, and evidence that shows us how to protect ourselves the residents and patients entrusted to our care and those we love. Overall, we're looking out for the community. Let's talk about how this can be done and done successfully. Let's talk about the potential for zero positive COVID positive residents and patients. How can we get there? Well. COVID 19 precautions and long term care, we want to make sure that we have a contact droplet approach using an N95 fit tested respirator. Social distancing is key, dedicated patient and resident equipment, hand hygiene, source control masking for all individuals in the building, including the residents and the patients, staff, residents, patients, and visitor education, environmental cleaning and disinfecting, and vaccines. So where'd we go? We work from shut down and closed doors, no visitors, to open doors for all. We remember the day it was mandated to shut the doors to all visitors. Family communication took place through electronic devices, such as iPads, FaceTime, Zoom calls, <laughs> so many new challenges. However, the challenges of open doors brought a whole new concern. Now we don't just have to police ourselves and our vendors, but now the visitors. How many times have you had to remind someone visiting their patient or their resident to either pull their mask back up or pull it up over the nose or put it on altogether? The risk of healthcare workers brought into the facilities was one thing, but now it was us who were constantly in testing mode and now visitors who did not have the strict guidelines we had. I know everybody remembers when we first started this thing and we were mandated to be tested every two weeks. And this was before they had the quick little swab of the nose the 15 minute test. No, this was back when we had to do PCRs. The health department was coming in, tickling our brains for God's sakes. We were traumatized. We all went through it. We were so thankful when we didn't have to go through that. Then it was the curative wave, the curative testing. And now we have our opportunity to do the 15 minute Quick test and it's less invasive but again the visitors aren't subject to that testing we are proper PPE usage and donning well the CDC has some very good guidelines out and one of them is how to safely remove personal protective equipment, and the other one is how to safely don personal protective equipment. So one of the things that you have to think of is what are our opportunities for failure when it comes to PPE? Now we're going to um, discuss the donning and doffing of your PPE for COVID 19 utilizing the CDC guidelines. Keep in mind that whatever your training and practice used in your healthcare facility um, that's been taught to you by your IP is critical. So, that infection control nurse, whatever they've taught you. That's exactly what you should be doing. But we're going to talk about the CDC guidelines and some best practices and tips and tricks. So first, to don, you're going to identify and gather the proper PPE to don. Ensure your choice of gown size is correct based on your training. Perform your hand hygiene using hand sanitizer. Put on your isolation gown. Ensuring that you tie all the ties on the gown and using assistance may be needed by another healthcare professional. Put on your NIOSH appropriate N95 filtering face mask and respirator or higher. If it has a nose piece, fit that nose piece with both hands. Don't bend or tint it. Don't pinch it with one hand and make sure that it extends under your chin. Both your mouth and your nose should be protected. Please keep in mind you don't want to touch the front of that face mask or your N95. Make sure if you're using an N95, your strap should be placed on the crown of your head for the top strap and the base of your neck for the bottom strap. Perform a user seal check each time you put on the respirator. Put on a face shield or your goggles. Face shields provide full face coverage. Goggles also provide excellent protection for your eyes, but fogging is common. So use whatever works for you. Perform hand hygiene before putting those gloves on. Gloves should cover the cuff, the wrist part of the gown healthcare professionals may now enter the patient room. Now we're gonna talk about doffing, taking off that gear. More than one doffing method may be acceptable. Of course, you're gonna default again to the training and practice used by your healthcare facilities procedure. Whatever your infection control nurse has taught you, whatever you've been taught, that's what you're going to do. Here is one example per the CDC guidelines. You're gonna remove your gloves. Ensure your glove removal does not cause additional contamination of hands. Gloves can be removed using one or more technique, glove in glove or bird beak. Um, Just a little tip is if you go ahead and sanitize those gloves prior to removing them, you will take off a lot of the possible contamination. And we're gonna kind of stick with that method before we take off each and every one. Um, It just makes sure that you're doing it in the safest way possible. Remove your gown, untie all ties. Um, Some gowns can be broken rather than untied, so if you're doing that, do so in a gentle manner, avoiding forceful movement. You're gonna reach up to those shoulders and carefully pull down and away from your body. Rolling the gown down is an acceptable approach. And then you're gonna dispose of it in the trash receptacle. Healthcare personnel may now exit the patient's room. Perform hand hygiene, remove your face shield or goggles. Carefully remove that face shield or goggles by grabbing the strap and pulling upwards and away from your head. Do not touch the front of the face shield or goggles. And you know you don't want to do that because that's where any contaminants could possibly be. Remove and discard your respirator. Do not touch the front of that respirator. As you are doing that, for the respirator, remove the bottom strap by touching only the strap and bringing it carefully over the head. Grasp the top strap and bring it carefully over the head and then pull the respirator away from the face without touching the front. Perform hand hygiene after removing the respirator and before putting it on again if you happen to be reusing them. Keep in mind if you decontaminate your hands and each time you remove each and every piece, it is the safest practice. So that's the tips and trips on the CDC guidelines for PPE donning and doffing. Let's talk about environmental cleaning. Begin your shift as if the person before you that was using your equipment had COVID. That's a go-to. Start off by cleaning your area yourself. Clean the equipment that you're going to use yourself. Use an EPA-approved disinfectant. Clean each item that you take in and out of the patient room with an EPA-approved disinfectant. The most important part is to wait the appropriate time and use enough product for the item to stay wet for the entire time required for disinfection. You should know exactly what that time is. Cleaning COVID positive patients' high touch surfaces should be done with environmental services and nursing working together. If you think about it, who spends the most time in the room? Right now, you know that's nursing. Environmental Services is going to come along, and they're going to save that room for the last room of the day. They're doing all isolation rooms in that manner, and that's exactly what you want. But as nurses, we want to make sure that that room is as clean as possible all the time. So work together and make sure that you're doing that. And communicate any deviations from proper sanitization of equipment to your supervisor or your infection control nurse COVID-19 vaccines when the vaccines were released everyone had concerns and many still do our job as healthcare professionals is to take a look at the data and use that to effectively communicate with the residents patients families and the community about what the data is showing. After the first wave came and left, the vaccines were introduced and they were studied along the way. Right now we've got years of studies. What we do know that is people get sick with COVID-19 when they have been vaccinated and boosted. However, it has not become a death sentence for the most vulnerable population in the elderly and those with serious comorbidities. So vaccination, the series of vaccination plus boosting is recommended. Don't take it for granted. You should still apply your normal measures in a responsible way such as masking and staying away from indoor crowds and performing hand hygiene. There is something called long COVID and trust me, this is not a journey that targets just the elderly. It hits the young and the old in the same debilitating way. Some of them take months and years to recover. Some of the takeaway points for today. You've been educated on COVID-19 for years now. Your greatest protection against COVID-19 is you. The decisions that you make, how compliant with you, with prevention measures, not just at work, but in your community. Your dedication to do what's right in the community and to work to ensure the safety and well-being of the residents and the patients entrusted in your care, your families, your community, and yourself. Thank you so much. listening to this podcast brought to you by JAD Higher Expectations. If you find this information beneficial or know anyone who would gain value in it, please share, like, and subscribe to the channel. For continuing education units, please go to the webpage that you will find in the bottom of the description. In the menu on the right side of the page, select contact page and enter your information. In the subject, write the title of the course, and in the message, write your license number and state. And any questions you may have, then hit submit. Your certificate of completion will be emailed to you within one business day, and CE Credit will be entered into CE Broker. Thank you, and I look forward to providing you with education in the future.